brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You gotta get the... Jason Kelsey, Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson. We gotta get the some way to to get the rights to that so we can rock, rock that Christmas music. Uh, Mailata wails on that. Uh, I heard the record. Holy shit! Nasty dude. And Lane sounds a little like Elvis too. I mean, those boys are they're all like they're all amazing and they're good singers too. Amazing yeah. football. It's crazy. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be with you. It's the marathon matchup show. And I'm not making this up when I say, I'm not just trying to drive hype. This is the most excited I've been for a matchup show all season long. And it's not because we have high scoring games. It's because we have bizarro world uh, weather across the entire United States this week. So I went into the closet and I, I just, this is completely just complete non sequitur. Just found this zip up Sixers hoodie that I, I forgot even existed. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Feeling good today. So we're going to, this is that dude, believe it or not. Uh, by the way, I'm Dave Lockwood at Lafayette underscore D with me as always needs no introduction. Matt Savoka at Matt, uh, Draftaholic. This was when there's a time where like DraftKings was just giving away a ton of money. Also when I was playing to the point where they were willing to do that. And it was also when the Sixers were terrible. So everything was cheap. So they had given the floor seats out to a Sixers jazz game and the, the fun part was just seeing like how massive rudy gobert was in real life uh we're right behind the basket but then they gave us my wife and i like it was gift cards to the merch store it was like 300 dollars each couldn't even spend all of it but wow. i ended up grabbing this i think this was like 2015 or something forgot it existed but we're rocking it today matt sixers are coming back to life uh, well congrats to your sixers that's a hell of a story uh and guys yeah welcome to the upside down we usually talk about weather not mattering and kind of playing things where, hey, let's just play it where we base this on the teams, their talent, and their quality. Not this weekend. This is the upside down. This is crazy. We've got the biggest slew of main slate weather concerns that I can really remember. And you kind of said it, Lafi, right off the bat, that probably presents some edges for us. And we obviously got some star power as well. Excited to dig in. Excited to celebrate the holidays with you all. What's up, chat? And uh, yeah, let's dig in. 
you know, looking at the totals, 35 and a half, 32 and a half, 35 and a half, 37 and a half. There are some really low, like, uh, 41 and a half this week looks golden. I mean, it, it, it goes further than this. You have one, you have a 49 in Kansas City, which is pretty crazy too, because it's going to be cold as hell there. Uh, right. But but not inclement weather, right? Not supposed to be horrible and just frigid, just frigid. And then Minnesota in the dome against the Giants and then Dallas down there in the dome or with closed roof, I should say, against the Eagles with Garner Minshew at the helm. This is going to be fun to talk about, but one, two, three, four, five games at 40 or below. I mean, Matt, a 32 and a half, that is lower by probably four points than an average Broncos game. Yeah, and look, the way you can play this is ignore all of them and make make the slate smaller for yourself or pluck one of them and find the upside within these low total games. But you're right. I mean, this is... This is incredibly low for NFL football, and we understand these are often the second time through the order for some of these divisional matchups. And with when you add weather on top of that and mediocre QB play throughout the league there, I said it, uh, it, it ends up with all these kind of quagmire games that, honestly, from a DFS perspective, you may have one-offs. We'll talk about them, but it's not that interesting overall. I saw this stat yesterday that someone tweeted. I forget who it was. I can't reference the person, and I don't even remember the exact stat but i know i remember enough of it to to kind of give you an idea of where we're going with this um in these cold weather games over the last however many years again just like straight paraphrasing this but it was below a certain temperature which i think won't i I don't even think i need to name the temperature because it's going to be cold as shit everywhere uh like running backs are averaging and i don't remember the exact time but running averaging 1.88 yards per contact after or yards uh, after contact, after contact per yeah. more than they would in, in like typical weather games. That's a massive number. So basically it's a lot harder to bring down Derrick Henry in 20 degree temperatures. And might I add friends that this is likely to be currently on pace to be or on track to be the coldest home game in Tennessee Titans history. What? This is nuts, man. I Look, there are some games that are probably going to play more to script, but we just can't ignore it. As we said right off the top, um, that's, that's insane. And look, this makes logical sense. You don't have to be any kind of analytical expert. But I love that you had the stat to back it up, but these players that are in these cold weather games uh, are just uh, particularly the ones that are already difficult to tackle are going to be that much more effective if the weather really picks up. Uh, you know, we'll go on it by a case-by-case basis. I still think Kansas City, for instance, can put up points against a Seattle defense that has struggled all year. But we're going to have to pick our spots here. We're going to have to be careful. We saw in chat people talking about how it might require more uh, morning of Sunday morning swapping, just understanding what the actual worst weather situations look like. But we can still get a lot done here on Thursday. So uh, let's get into it. I, am I wrong to be looking forward to such a weird slate? Absolutely not. I think when things are different than the norm, then we probably have more edges to grind. And yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. Right. Right. Well, I think because you and I do this show every year, every week. Right. So when you get something that's unique in this sense, we can actually tackle it from a different perspective. So let's dive into it. Very happy to have you guys with us as always. 
hit that thumbs up button. Take a single second to atone for your sins here in the event that you've forgotten. Help us appease the YouTube overlords. It's stupid, but it's true. Uh, and if you just like this content, show a little love. It's the holiday season. Uh, your Merry Christmas to us can be a little thumbs up there on that button. And if you're listening after the fact, leave a comment down below. If you're listening podcast form, rating, reviews, subscribe, subscribe to the pod. All that is super helpful. Um, and, and it doesn't go unnoticed. We definitely appreciate Try to read everything and respond and uh, tell your friends about the show. Tell them about the show, even if it's at the end of the year. We'll be doing this through the playoffs. All right. Uh, oh, and last thing, if you're looking for the Jets-Jags game tonight, Matt Savoka or Matt Gajeski and I broke it down on the strategy show already, and then we'll be back tonight for Live Before Lock at 7. So, Matt, Atlanta at Baltimore. This game to me, I'm going to give you the game that, that I feel like this ends up being. Remember the Carolina-Baltimore game earlier this year where both teams, I mean, just wanted to run, and this was with Lamar Jackson where it was 3-0 at halftime and then 13-3 at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah. It I, was uh, it was basically the Baltimore offense, oh, what happened? They didn't show up today game, and yeah. they really haven't shown up since. Right, exactly. So I don't see, you know, there's no Lamar Jackson. So that, oh, I'm sorry, I should say, we're not, and I'm not anticipating Lamar Jackson to play. We'll see because this is looks look, not practicing on, on a Wednesday for a Saturday slate is different. I don't than think he's playing. No, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Tyler Huntley. Listen, I've been a fan of this guy. It's looked really bad, real bad. I think they've scored what, like 16 points, three points and, and, and 10 points against the Broncos. And that was on the last play of the game. Basically their offense has struggled. Atlanta's got Desmond Ritter, a third-round rookie. Am I – I can't help but look at this and go, these two teams are just going to try and run the ball as much as humanly possible because clearly neither of them want to throw because neither of them can throw, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, neither of these teams can throw. Um, the Panthers are a team. If they can't run the ball, they implode. The wheels fall off. We talked about it last week. Same thing with Atlanta. And I think they'll struggle here, but I have no confidence in this, this Baltimore offense right now, either. I, I, I envision a very low scoring game. I bet under 37 and a half. I think it has since dropped further than that. Uh, yeah. 35 and a half now with Jackson, not practicing. So the only saving grace for this game is that Atlanta's rush defense is so bad that Baltimore might just yep. be able to do what they want to do, which makes me think that Dobbins is okay at his RB15 salary. He's taking up about 12% of your salary cap on DraftKings. I think that's very reasonable, especially when you're considering uh, like a 17-point game gets you to a near 3x value on a player like him going up against a, an Atlanta defense that has been flirting with bottom 10 or bottom 10 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs all season long. In Football Outsiders' rush DVOA, they're 28th right now. Uh, so if Baltimore can't pass, it may not matter. And the only thing that I see on the other side is the possibility that Tyler Algier continues to get more work and that he's only 5,200. He doesn't pop off the page in our projections, but I think the under makes sense if you think that the only two successful players are going to be running backs and rushers because that clock is going to continue to tick and tick and tick and the total plays will continue to go down. I don't have any faith in these quarterbacks, which makes me not trust the pass catchers on the same side. So we, we see it the same way, really. Yeah, Except you're pointing much. out you're pointing out a great uh, some you're you're right. Like Atlanta's run if there's and Dobbins is look good. Let him run with the hitch, right, Matt? Let him run with a hitch. Absolutely. 
I don't care what it looks like when you're averaging that yards per carry. Yeah, he looks great. I remember Arian Foster had a super weird running style, and it was like, will this work? And yeah, man, when he was healthy (laughs) and he was young, he was nasty. I'll never forget that either because he won me leagues where usually you don't look too far in the preseason to make moves. But remember that he had a huge preseason performance. One of them was against Dallas, I think, because he was undrafted. Mm-hmm. And then he won people's leagues for them multiple seasons with a weird running style. Not saying J.K. Dobbins will be that guy. He's been out most of the year. But, yeah, this is another good spot. I think Atlanta struggles to hold on to the football. So you're probably going to see, even if Baltimore doesn't move the ball particularly well, I don't think you're going to see, like, time of possession lopsided in favor of Atlanta. The only other thing I'll throw out, because value receivers, as it stands right now, pretty scarce on this slate. I will just say Demarcus Robinson is $4,000. He's cheap. Um, He leads the team in targets over the last two weeks. Devin Duvernay is now on the IR. So if that leads you to some Deshaun Jackson in the Millie maker, maybe it does. But the only point I would, I would say here is that while it's an ugly game, no doubt um, it's not as bad a weather as other games, believe it or not, despite the low total, Mm -hmm. maybe one of these guys just, has Huntley lock on to them that isn't named Mark Andrews and you're getting them at a dirt cheap price. I I think that logic makes sense, but I honestly think with Duvernay going down, which is a huge bummer for this team, he'd been playing obvious, arguably the best he's ever played. Mark Andrews really needs to step up here. And I understand some of the inefficiency this year has to do with Lamar Jackson also being out, but he's down to fifth among tight ends just on this slate in expected fantasy points per game in the value of his opportunity over the last six weeks. And over those same six weeks, he's at minus four fantasy points under expectation per game. So he's scoring way less than his opportunity suggests he should. He should get more opportunity and he needs to find a way to be more efficient with this many injuries in the wide receiver core. He does. Yeah. It's just a matter of defense is good. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of, of of do we want to pay for him? I'm not saying I'm not saying Mark Andrews is you know super expensive, but it's been tough lately for sure. All right, let's move on then. Oh, and I will say, Kenyon uh, Drake London. I keep calling him Kenyon Drake. Drake London did have a 46 percent target share last week, but uh, this is to me this is one of these instances where Matt, you're just saying. If Ritter locks onto him again, he might have seven for 70. And if he gets into the end zone, that you, I, I don't think Drake London is the worst 4K play you could make, even against this offense, just because Desmond Ritter as a rookie, and we see this all the time where rookies will lock on to a player, certainly locked on to Drake London. And there are very few alternative pass catching options in this offense, particularly with Pitts on the IR and done for the year. Totally agree. Only needs about 15 points for 3x, which means if he finds the end zone, he doesn't even need that much production on top of it. So I, I like that call. Everyone else is very large field only, like Alamade Zacchaeus, maybe a few sprinkles here and there. That's pretty much it. All right. The, uh, sometimes I like these games where we can move through them kind of quickly, focus on the good ones. Detroit at Carolina. There's still some Detroit minus two and a halfs out there. I like Detroit in this game again. Do you know that this run defense has allowed 75 rushing yards over the last two, 72 rushing yards? Listen to the rushing production that they've allowed over the last five weeks, Matt. 50 yards against the Jets in a, in a close game. Minnesota had 22 rushing yards against them. Jacksonville, 95. Buffalo, 164. New York Giants, 89. 
And 78 of those 164 from Buffalo were Josh Allen. I, I mentioned this because I do think it's pertinent. If Carolina, again, struggles to run the football, this team shits the bed. They, they, there is no recourse here. There is no let's lean on Sam Darnold's arm. We saw how that worked out from last week at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is the big question. Like, Do you go back to a decimal back and Dante, For Dante Foreman in a committee approach where if they can't run the football, things get really ugly really quick? Do we go to DJ Moore? Because I, I think, honestly, DJ Moore might be the answer. But this mm -hmm. offense is horrible if they can't run. That's all I'm saying. This offense has such risk of ruin. Yes, so, every week. Yes. And Detroit's defense, if you they're a tale of two seasons almost. They, you know, they look like one of the worst in the NFL. And on this run, they're putting it together. And look, Detroit has decent odds to, to actually make the playoffs at this point. And uh, I don't know if it's the hard knocks effect or, or anything like that, but I'm kind of rooting for this team especially when you add the fact that they have such a high draft pick on the other side. But Carolina, look, Foreman has a projection ahead of salary-based expectation and needs about 16 points to be a value play, a 3x value play this week. Put him on the list. That's fine. Same with DJ Moore. I actually like DJ Moore's salary or projection compared to salary better than Foreman. But both of these players, you cannot be surprised if they come out with like a four or a five in DraftKings points because just Sam Darnold proved his incompetence. I don't think that's the most likely thing. I mean, Detroit's still giving up a ton of fantasy points to the quarterback position. If you look at the whole year, they're 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. I think they also create shootouts with the way this offense plays as well. I just don't have so much faith in the Carolina Panthers. I think they are a solid contrarian stack, but they're not going to be my favorite or anything like that for small field. That's fair. Uh, you know, with, with Detroit, too, you've got a, a team where I'm on Russ St. Brown's pretty expensive. And he's, he, listen, he's an excellent wide receiver. The only, the only difference between him and some of these other top price guys is, you know, you're going to get a lot of lining up in the slot. You're going to have high percentage throws and all of that. But there is still the higher likelihood that he has the seven for 70, you know, or the without a touchdown or the, the eight for, for 65 type games. This isn't me disparaging. I'm on St. Brown. He's been awesome all year, but we do know that it's a little bit different than some of these guys that just rip all over the field and, and, and have that deep ball possibility mm -hmm. on any given play. Um, our, our touchdown monsters. I'm on St. Brown getting into the end zone. Hasn't been a huge issue, but he is still like a different type of high priced receiver than some of the other guys on this slate. What do you make of him this week against Carolina? They're not exactly the same player. Actually, they're not close to the same player and not playing in nearly the same offense. But I kind of look at them, uh, look at Amon Ross St. Brown, similarly to how you often see Debo Samuel in terms of projection compared to salary and the necessity for efficiency when they play. Yes. You know, if you look at their expected fantasy points, they look okay on paper, but sometimes they don't actually look like a great option when you just compare opportunity value to salary value. But then when you look at how efficient they've been, when they get a good amount of opportunities, you're like, well, how can I, how can I fade this guy against a Panthers defense that's 26th in football outsiders, or excuse me, in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position when you know that he has 12 target potential from Goff. And I think there's also lock-on potential from this Detroit offense side as well. If they find something in this Carolina defense uh, that has a lot of holes to be poked, 
Uh, they'll exploit it all game long, and Amon Ra is uh, the best option for sure. You just have some more, you know, large field plays on the Detroit side than you do in Carolina. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I don't know how much, I, I like Detroit to win this game. And if you can get them, if you can lay the two and a half, I definitely like that as well, because this defense, as you mentioned, they are gelling right now. Makes sense. Got a lot of young players on that defense. Took them a little mm -hmm. while. They're getting, this is no longer the Detroit defense. And I'm not saying they're the Broncos defense, right? Or the, It's no longer the Detroit defense where you're just like, oh man, great matchup, best matchup of the week. Is that fair to say? Sorry, what was so, I'm saying? Say the the Detroit, time. I, I'm, I'm talking, I'm going left and right here, but I'm saying the Detroit defense is no longer that defense where earlier in the season you just go, Correct. best matchup on the week, shootout conditions. Like, you can still get shootout conditions with this team for sure. But in a game like this where it's Carolina, you're right, maybe they are a sneaky stack, but it's not the same Detroit defense weeks one through seven. I, I, I'm pretty confident saying that. They are, I'm looking at it. I believe over the last three weeks, second best in the NFL in yards allowed per carry. Wow. Yeah. 10th best in points allowed back. per play. I, they're turning into a decent team, and that division is a joke compared to even Minnesota for an 11th and 3 team. I think they have the lowest point differential of any 11 and 3 team in the modern era at plus two. Wow. So I would call them maybe arguably the weakest 11 and 3 team in NFL history. Detroit at seven and seven, legitimate chance to make noise if their defense can be that strong. Because their offense can do things. Yeah. Weren't the Steelers eleven and three the other year? Uh I think they I think they had more wins than that. I think they were Did like they? twelve didn't, and one. Didn't yeah, didn't they go like eleven and oh to start the season or something? Yeah, they like they they were in a fugue state and then they, that was the year they imploded in the first round of the playoffs against the Browns. It was like the first play of the game and the fumble went like into the yeah. end zone and one yeah. of the most anomalous seasons you'll ever see because we felt the same way about them every week, you know, but you're right with, with Minnesota and, and Detroit. I, I just don't know how much I like anything from the Detroit side of the ball from a fantasy standpoint. I think that's fair. 
Uh, let's look at who's got salary ahead of uh, projection ahead of salary based expectation. Not surprising. Swift is right there. Even Jamal Williams right there with his salary based expectation. And at the wide receiver position, Reynolds and Chark look overpriced, but playable. And on the Carolina side, I do think Terrace Marshall is a large field option. We actually have him inside the top 25 wide receivers, just barely in terms of median projection. And he only needs like an 11 or 12 on DraftKings to feel uh, like you really got good value out of him. (sighs) Buffalo and Chicago. Hey, you want to talk about some bad weather? (laughs) You want to talk about some bad weather? Here you go. And it's funny because they had asked Hertz last game after the after the game about like early on and and what was he struggling what was he seeing and he's like i couldn't feel my fingers said his fingers were numb and they go and mind you this week's going to be way worse than last week and like you know you're going to have weather like that at the link right in in january he goes it's not like chicago he's a the swirling he goes it's not like chicago it hurts is tough you know he's not like he's a guy that he plays he played cold weather last year played in cold weather this year they've had some brutal games at the link already but you're talking saturday all right you ready sustained winds of 20 to 30 miles per hour sustained gusts up to 50 mostly cloudy (laughs) so you're you're just gonna have like overcast right and if anyone's going oh who cares it's when it's cold out and you get a little sun it can really help it can really fix you up not here super windy blowing snow potentially but that shouldn't who knows and 11 degrees feels like minus 10. that sounds really fun right like to just be outside running around kill me oh, that's that sounds horrible and kill look, me fields averages i believe the second most compared to ritter four he 4.6 scrambles per game and then in designed rushes he's up to 17 designed rush attempts per game over uh the last six weeks of games and josh allen's right behind him 9.6 designed runs and then in the scramble department he's a little behind at 3.0 i think you see both of those numbers for both of those quarterbacks boost up when nothing else can work and you can't throw the ball, those yes, quarterbacks are going to run and run and run. I think you got the fantasy cheat code alive and well for both players. Um, they're the best players on e- each team, and it's not that difficult. Uh, look, the salary is tougher, especially for Josh Allen, and the projection is actually slightly low below salary-based expectation. I just think these quarterbacks rush so much in this game that they ha- present a high floor and high ceiling that you can't ignore. I agree. And listen, Josh Allen, how many times have I said this uh, throughout the year in these, Josh Allen threw 30 times in that game where they had, you know, legit hurricane force wins against the Patriots. Mac Jones threw three times. (laughs) Josh Allen threw 30 times. So there's that. I'm still not convinced though that he's, yes, he played at Wyoming, you know, yeah, he plays in Orchard Park. Now I'm still not convinced that they're going to have the easiest time throwing the football in these conditions, I'm, you cannot even, throw into a 50 mile per hour gust. You simply can't. I mean. like, Josh Allen will try. I just don't know how successful it's going to be. I, I have the Bears plus nine for what it's worth, too. Uh, I'll, I tell you guys why. I over on Odd Shopper, my picks for every game video, it's up. I did every single game. I got some awesome stuff in there. I'd love for you to check it out. Leave a comment, whatever it is. Um, it's over on the Odd Shopper channel. Came out last night. 
I in a game with a 40 point total, they're they're eight point dogs now, but I plus nine, I'm looking at it the same way you are, and I'm saying, how if you take away the distinct advantage that Buffalo has in the passing game, do they have a nine point road advantage in miserable, 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 windy, blowing conditions like that? I want to say no, because Buffalo's run game outside of Josh Allen isn't that great. Buffalo's run defense has not been good. This Buffalo defense, matter of fact, lately has sprung some serious leaks. They have not looked like the same defense we saw earlier in the season. Say it's Von Miller or whatever it is, but you get Trey White back still. They've struggled. I think this game could stay relatively close just because, well, in these type of conditions, anything can happen. And, you know, there's a lot more variables and there's a lot less way to take advantage of Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. I'm with you on the Russian quarterbacks. It's just, what are we stacking them with? Like, who do you stack uh, fields with, if anyone? And then with Montgomery, Khalil Herbert's very likely going to play in this game. Yep. And Montgomery is not priced for Khalil Herbert to be in this backfield. Khalil Herbert's minimum salary for what it's worth. I, I think Khalil Herbert and any of these short area players are viable if you want to pivot off these quarterbacks. I even think Diggs, they're going to find ways, even if the weather is cold, to get him going in the slot underneath short area targets. But I totally agree. Like Khalil Herbert could, you know, he could see four touches, but he could also have six to 10 touches, which takes away from Montgomery's ceiling. And we've seen him on a yards per touch basis be okay. That's the kind of large field tournament uh, play I'm absolutely fine with someone making. That Buffalo run game, like you said, just so low in terms of expected fantasy points outside of Josh Allen. I'd like to see James Cook continue on that upward trajectory. He's getting up there in salary. 4.9K isn't unreasonable. His projection's still ahead of salary-based expectations, but just barely. I think he makes more sense just simply from a weather and game, game script standpoint. I think going to anyone who's expected to have long plays in this game is really hard to trust. Gabe Davis is on that list. Any of the any of the wide receivers in Chicago probably on that list. I think you could play Cole Komet as well. McKenzie maybe in a large field tournament makes a little sense as like maybe someone who they play as a gadget player, get going horizontally. But I think that's the kind of game plan you're going to need to have if you can't play downfield. And, and like you kind of mentioned, Lafayette, this Buffalo defense has actually turned into a big pass funnel against opposing receiving cores. They're now 25th of 32 teams in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers and tight ends, but they're still eighth best against running backs. So you take away that passing advantage that you would think Josh Allen has, and this basically all comes down to what can Josh Allen do as a rusher to me? For sure. Man, Khalil Herbert's, his status is interesting. If he plays, I'm just, I don't know how I get to David Montgomery, even in these conditions. I, I, I would rather play Alvin Kamara against a clear run funnel Browns defense in equally bad weather. Wait Horrible till we get weather, to that. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, I think we covered this. I think, we I think so too. I think so too. Uh, the tight ends also, if you want to include the tight ends in those short area target players, commit and Knox, that's fine. I don't think I'm going to get there though unintentional yet fortunate segue here. Let's talk about the Saints and the Cleveland Browns. How about that? Look at that. Um, guys, by the way, three free days of all of our NFL tools. And guess what, Matt? If you do it now, 
this is the time I, I I don't care if people say, hey, don't do that. I'm doing what's good for the people. I mean, it. if it's a Monday or a Tuesday, I'm not going to tell you to take the three free days or Wednesday. Do it on a Thursday. So you get Thursday slate, you get the Saturday slate, and then you still have all of the updated tools for the Sunday slate, right? Boom, bust, projections, ownership, top stack tool, all of that, the sick lineup generator. I saw people in chat talking about that earlier. Do it, do it today, do it tonight, do it tomorrow, Matt. Don't do it on a Tuesday. Take advantage of it with now, with the upcoming weekend, because we only get this a couple times a year. The Saturday slate, the Saturday main slate, you add a three-game Sunday slate, you still get to do Monday Night Football. Is this not the best weekend to do th uh, the three days free if it you're is. new to Stochastic? I think it arguably is the best time of the year to do it. It's Yeah, it's, it's late. Uh, it's last week or this week. Straight up. It's totally free. And, and that gift can it, pay we'll for itself easy. Yeah, we'll gladly refund your misery, which equals exactly zero dollars. Larry said, plus the late swap with the lineup generator now too, Lafayette. Yeah. We just added the late swap into that ability to swap out to kind of construct the lineups in your favor. It's sick. Three free days, baby. It's all to you. Tyler, did you put that link in chat? You did. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And uh, it's in the description too for any of you guys. Link in the description for anybody looking to take advantage of that. All right. New Orleans and Cleveland. I'm going to read the weather off again, man. <laughs> it's important. It is. We see a lot of bad Cleveland games. Do you remember two, was it two years ago or last year, where there were three straight games in Cleveland that all had, what, 20 total points or 20 points in each of them? I remember the Eagles played in one, and I think it was two years ago. Brutal, brutal conditions. Yeah, brutal conditions, whether it was like horrible wind and then monsoon-like rain. Well, we're getting 13 degrees, snow showers, says blustery. That's good. <sighs> Uh, winds 25 to 30 miles per hour. Again, gusts north of 50 with snow. Uh, what's it? Let's. What's it going to feel like? Let's see. Let's see what it feel like because that that's what matters here. I thought I saw negative four or something. I'm seeing it feels like negative 14 here. <laughs> oh my! God. Sorry, that's Dude. that's absurd. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, how would you like to tackle Nick Chubb in negative oh. 14 degree weather? Awful awful I, that that actually that leads me to the first question here do i am perfectly fine fading the passing game on both sides it's already not it's not like oh man we have to fade mahomes in this weather i'm fine fading dalton and deshaun watson who's looked awful through the first three games he's played but what about alvin Kamara and nick chubb on both sides of this you, got, you gotta go plays. back to the yeah, absolutely. They look really, really strong. Look, compared to salary-based expectations, if you just run the number with the Vegas totals, which of course include the weather concerns, they look okay compared to their salary-based expectations. But I just, something tells me that both of these players are going off in this game. If you wanted to do like a pivot in large field to other gadget players like Taysom Hill or even David Johnson, I get it, but man, it's really hard to trust the Amari Coopers and the Chris Olaves in this game. Uh, we got Chris Olave well below salary-based expectation. And look, I was looking at some stats comparing Brissett and Deshaun Watson straight up right now. I think Brissett would give them a better chance to win. Just looking at this year's stats so far, 
We'll see if the rust eventually comes off. It's not going to be easy when you talk about this type of passing weather. I guess the wind is still, nope, very much a concern. Still, uh, again, it comes down to the same same kind of uh, conversation we had last game where when you have lower depth of target, like swing passes, they are probably easier to connect on. So someone like Kareem Hunt kind of looks more interesting, especially because Chubb is banged up. I expect him to play. And Joku as well. After that, though, I think Shahid, Landry, Jawan Johnson, all of these players are really low probability this week. I agree. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You know, the it's gonna be tough to get to any of these for me at least. These pass cut. It's a thirty-two and a half total game, and generally you'd be like, "Oh, I'm fading this," but there's a lot of low-scoring games, and if Nick Chubb doesn't play, Kareem Hunt just becomes a smash. I don't I don't see any way you don't play a ton of Kareem Hunt in a situation like this at forty nine hundred dollars. I'd have him everywhere. New Orleans run defense has taken a step back too. I believe they're like 23rd and run. Yeah, they're 23rd and run defense DVOA. They really have not been that great. Uh, they just That's such a up. weird place to see them because they're usually like top three every single year. Yeah, dude, they just coughed up. What had to have been 200 plus rushing yards to the Falcons 231. They won, but still. And and Ritter couldn't do anything, but yeah. Ah, I don't know. Wow, that's... Someone said, I'd like to see some thunder snow. Yeah, that'd be awesome. How do you guys do it around the Great Lakes? Uh, wonderful towns. True, like every single Great Lakes town I've been to, is just each one better than the next. But when it gets to this time of year, I, I'm and looking at the wind chill. And I, I live in a cold area of the country. I just, I have no idea how y'all do it. I suppose you could get thunder snow around there though, because you need the the lower air to be warm and moist. And that's how it creates it, which would make sense given lake effect snow is caused by the, the warmer, warmer air rising from the from the water. So maybe we could get some thunder snow. Yeah. <laughs> People are just like straight up, it sucks, Matt. That's how we deal with it. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun though, lake effect snow. Oh, for uh, to sit on my warm couch with a cold beverage and watch them in the snow is going to be wonderful. Yeah. But to play in it, quite a different story. It'll be pretty sweet. It's going to be shitty for any player, though, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. Alvin Kamara last week didn't see. He only ran a, like a handful of routes. But I, I could honestly see this be one of those games where you go, Alvin, because he did have 21 carries last week where he gets a lot of opportunities on the ground, but also some dump off opportunities. Like I, I think there are ways for, and it's, he's, he's burned us many times this year. There's, there are real ways for, for this game, surprisingly to just have massive performances from either of these running backs. Like I, just cause it's a low total and bad weather. I'm not fading the ground game here. I just can't bring myself to do it, Matt. This could, this could be a difference maker. Cleveland is horrible against running backs this year and adjusted fantasy points allowed they are among the worst in the nfl 31st in the rankings right now and Kamara's only going to be seven or eight percent owned in most tournaments that that's upside to me i know he struggled in the touchdown category but that can change in one game and like you said the opportunity for just kind of an old-fashioned Kamara game where he gets six to eight targets because nothing's really available outside of him in the passing game that really seems like it's possible here and I just have so little faith in anyone outside of Nick Chubb leading this Cleveland team back. 
it's kind of that's kind of it the running backs and then everyone else super large field if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes insomnia brain fog moodiness or weight gain you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging the experts at midi health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause and midi can help with safe effective fda approved solutions covered by insurance 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How about the players that are out there with the short sleeve, like the jerseys with nothing under it? I, look, I understand people running hot and running cold, but at a certain point, it's just a flex, right? It's just to, like, mess with your opponent. You have to. Yeah. And I think it's a good flex. Uh, A.B., Alex Brown, who was doing the, the strategy show with Gajeski and I, you know, every Monday, I, I asked him about those cold weather games. And he's like, it sucks. And, and I think he said something is like, you know, if you're younger and stuff, because he's from, um, he played in Florida, he lives in Georgia. He was saying, like, no, you don't, you do not put on long sleeves. Like, you don't, if you're, a, if you're a D lineman or you're, you're an offensive lineman, like, you're not putting on long sleeves. You're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, no matter the culture how much you says want be cold. I, no <laughs> matter culture. how much you want to. So, yeah, that's rough. And, yes, of course, Taysom Hill is always the X factor here. It, it sucks. It definitely sucks. But would you play Taysom Hill at tight end on FanDuel? That's where I want to play him, obviously. Did, did he get moved to quarterback on he draft? He may have. Games? He may have. I, if I he has, then it, that's not the way it looks in our tools right now. If he got moved to quarterback, he's unplayable. Maybe um, he did. I don't really even play on FanDuel much. Hold on. On FanDuel, if he's a tight end, that becomes much more interesting to me. Again, we're still talking about mostly a thorn he's still in the a side tight end. of... Okay. okay. He's mostly a thorn in the side of players who have a higher projection. But look, they look for two to three big plays from him, and he throws defenses off more than like any gadget player I can remember in a long time. And we, we saw it last week with that uh, Taysom to Shahid connection. It's just really hard to predict. Anything else from this game? I think we covered it. All right. Let's talk about Seattle and the Kansas City Chiefs. 49-point total here. This one's going to be cold, too, but nothing like these other games because you're not getting the ferocious wins and, and you're, you're not getting the, 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 the horrible – uh whatever any precipitation whatever like, like it's going to be cold we're looking at 18 degrees and sunny sunny at least winds 10 miles per hour i mean that sounds like wonderful conditions for some of the i'm sure some of these players would love to play in that type of weather this week no tyler lockett though and mm-hmm. i would urge you guys to pay really close attention to this game like to the injuries as they come out matt and i are doing this show on a thursday right now as far as injuries go, Lockett's out, but Kenneth Walker, Noah Fant weren't practicing Wednesday. Uh, I'll see if we can get a, if we have an update on Thursday's practice report, likely not because it's no, nah, I doubt it. 
Marcus Goodwin and DJ Dallas were both limited. So we got to pay attention to this. I think one thing that we can agree on, well, let's see. Uh, no. Oh, wow. Walker wasn't spotted practicing with the Seahawks on Thursday during the media access portion of Thursday's practice. Whoa. For a Saturday game. Whoa. That, yeah. That might be good night. That like is, in, ter- in terms of playing this week. And that means Homer becomes a, the first clear uh, value on the slate. No. If, if Chubb plays probably. Yeah. If Chubb doesn't play, I think it's Kareem hunt still. But I think you can make an argument for Homer in a 49-point total game, you know? And and I think also Chubb's expected to play. They said Stefanski said even though he didn't practice, they still expect him to play. So either way, uh DK Metcalf is the clear he had a 26.5% target share before Lockett went down, Matt. Look, Metcalf is a great player and they need him a ton right now with this many injuries that's the bottom line i don't think wide receiver seven in salary ranking at the wide receiver positions 7100 is unreasonable for a player in this high total of a game and the kansas city chiefs are 11th worst in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing receiving cores this year look dj dallas was limited if kenneth walker is out homer's got this backfield locked up in a game that we expect to have a lot of points scored. Look, Seattle's implied total is not anything impressive, just 19 and a half points, but still DFS fundamentals say that we got to, we got to really consider this play at 4,600 should Walker sit. Kansas city's defense has not looked good lately either. No, it it really hasn't. They're slightly better when I, the metrics I look at against running backs, but not in the, you can't play them, especially if they're locking up the whole backfield of themselves. Hmm. Metcalf probably sees a massive target share regardless. I, I'm not really sure how you get away from, I, I just want to dig into this for a second because he will be chalky and, you know, you would assume that teams are going to try and take things away with Metcalf, but he's a monster. Number one, like he's just a monster. Uh, you can rip those contested catches down. He's, he's insane. But at the same time, even though he's going to be popular, I just don't see if you're Geno Smith, how you get away from going to DK Metcalf uh, and and really just trying to key in on him as much as possible. He's so good, already has a massive target share. Without Tyler Lockett, yes, Marquise Goodwin, I think, is still a very good play, no doubt. Like Goodwin, I would have liked, I think Noah Fant would have been fine too, especially 10 point Mm -hmm. dogs playing from behind against the defense that just, you know, has actually in Kansas City past defense has struggled lately. But how do you get away from Metcalf? And how do you get away from the pass catchers for Seattle without Tyler Lockett in this total game? I think when Metcalf looks this good on paper, then the other pass catchers look good just based on the variability of receiving cores in the NFL. But Metcalf should be peppered with usage. This is a player who's eighth in total targets this season, 10th in total air yard share. And then his 12th in expected fantasy points on the year, third on the slate if you look at just the last six weeks. And that's not with any sort of information about what this team looks like sans Tyler Lockett. So I don't know how you go away from him at 7,100. Not to mention, Gino's been excellent when targeting him this year. 22nd in target accuracy rating according to playerprofiler.com. Gino's uh, QB ratings uh, right at 100. Targeting Metcalf already and when they know where the ball is going. 
And we mentioned that KC is bottom 11 in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, also, we got to shout out Geno Smith. After years of being a backup, making the Pro Bowl, that's a cool NFL story. Uh, they may get smoked against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I, I actually think they have a shot against a mediocre Kansas City defense if this offensive passing game can show up. Listen, you have the Seahawks right now plus 200 to make the playoffs. So they're still very live to make the playoffs. This is still a very meaningful game for, for this team. They're not going to come out there and just completely and, – and granted, Carol, the Carolina game and the Niners game were also very important to them. But I'm just throwing it out there. The Seahawks are still plus 200 to make the playoffs. That means that they're very live. And I, I, I like the Seahawks this week in a 49-point total game. If, if this weather wasn't – if it wasn't – if this game was in a dome, we might be looking at 54. Love that thought experiment. We did it with that uh, Dolphins and Bills game we were talking about last week. And look what happened in the snow. Those teams balled out. Look, this is as simple as DFS fundamentals get to me. We have a very clear picture, especially if Walker is out, of where the running back touches are going and where the wide receiver touches should go. And we have the highest total game on the slate. You don't have to overthink it. There, You can convince yourself to move away from it but I think it's pretty hard. So do I. We'll pay attention to the running backs. Pay attention to Noah Fant because guess what? Will Disley might end up being a, a viable $2,700 tight end in this game. Mm-hmm. Marquis Goodwin, DK Metcalf. It could be Travis Homer. And we don't know necessarily if DJ Dallas is going to play. I think he will, but we don't know. It could open some things up. No doubt about it. We got some other games, though, that, that will certainly be worth worth exploring. But this one right here is interesting. On the other side, did you see what the Millie Maker winner was this year? Did you see what the lineup was in the Millie? Uh, I think I checked, but I it it's, right. I can't remember off the top of my head. All right, you know how hard it is to get these Kansas City stacks right. This guy goes single bullet, single bullet. Mahomes, McKinnon, Juju, Kelsey. All right, Zay Jones, Tyler Algier. Uh, Titans defense, and then a couple others that I that I can't remember right now. But four, it was Mahomes plus a running back, wow. pass catching running back, no less. Juju and Travis Kelsey, no run back on Houston. He probably expected that game to go differently than it did, but it was the overtime that put him over the top. Either way, once in a while it works. But man, if you are single bulleting a onslaught. Chief stack, the stars really have to align for you. I mean, they really have to align for you because Kadarius Tony probably gets worked in more. Nicole yep. Hardman per Andy Reid could be back this week and on the field. <laughs> hey, your guess is as good as mine, Matt. How do you play it? So look, Mahomes is a great play at his project at his projection and salary based expectation, but he still needs like a thirty five to forty point game for you to have uh, you know, a clear need to play him. That, that's the have-to-have-it score line when you're talking about an 8,400 quarterback. McKinnon's running hot in the touchdown department, but if you just look at his opportunity value, expected fantasy points, and then compare that to his fantasy points above or below expectation, he's actually just right there. He's at less than half a point above or below expected fantasy points. Um, it just means that his opportunity continues to boost up here. 
Look, I think you can still play Juju. I think you could still go to MVS in large field tournaments, even Justin Watson. But again, it's usually it's the exact opposite of that single bullet play. It's you need multiple lineups to get the variations you need. Still think Kelsey's great at 8K. If you look at the top stacks tool, there's still top five in top stack probability and in top five in rating, which combines their expected ownership. It's just hard to get there. Uh, if you have clear run back options on the other side, like we're talking about, that makes it a little bit easier. I'm obviously just going to have a ton of Chiefs in the multiple lineup situations that I played. You have to, right? You just kind of have to just play Mahomes, see where the cookies crumble. Uh, you know, to me, it kind of makes it like he got lucky adding Kelsey and Juju onto this little Mahomes McKinnon skinny stack that has started to become a thing with Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. I don't know how long that lasts, but the expected fantasy points say McKinnon has moved into the you can play him range. I'd say so. <laughs> I mean, it's still not like it's not look, touchdowns really sway our opinion, but it's still not in the absolute smash category and his projection looks good compared to salary based expectations like i always talk about but we need to kind of keep our expectations around running back 15 in terms of what he actually is expected to get oh no doubt i mean i think you could definitely fade mckinnon or be on the way but i'm saying he's at this point he's definitely viable there's no doubt mm -hmm. it's just any given week it could be any player we know that uh it was nice though because mckinnon make no mistake about it 12 11 or 12 of his fantasy points last week came on the ground you know he still had a rushing touchdown he still had a decent amount of carries <sighs> he's a good play it's just does his ownership does, does his ownership start to see a real spike because of what he's done recently i don't know if you want to play kelsey and mahomes stack go for it you you guys know the drill here it's just trying to get the the, the combination right that's all it is. Maybe you just go naked Mahomes and hope that he spreads it around the five different receivers on five touchdown passes. I also think naked Kelsey is viable. Just like play Travis Kelsey because he has the highest ceiling yeah. of all tight ends and then play the two Seattle runbacks on the other side that are obvious and then build around a different contrarian stack. Obviously, no one's going to tell you not to play Mahomes, but... Kelsey's the one at AK still has a positive leverage score when you compare the optimal lineup percentage to his expected ownership. Rashid Shahid was, yeah, thank you guys. He was the other guy that was in that lineup. Pretty crazy. Oh, uh, wow. Adam Great by mother. There. Yeah. Adam by mother was asking about the weather. No, that's what I was saying. In KC, I don't think the weather should be that big of a deal. Like if it's not inclement weather and it's just cold, that's why this total is still at 49. My point though, is if this were, the, the weather, the cold weather is definitely enough to drop the total a bit. There's no doubt in my mind that if this is like a dome game or a, in Miami, that it would be higher than 49. I feel pretty confident in saying that. All right. New York Giants, Minnesota. Let's get into it. 48 point total. I'm still, I'm not someone, I'm with you on this. You talked about, I have not been backing Minnesota this year from a betting perspective. I think Minnesota gets this win by a touchdown plus. Just saying it right now. I do. I every game that divide the 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 sorry the Giants lose, or the, the, all four games that they didn't cover because they're ten and four against the spread this year, it's all against pretty good offenses. Like the Eagles demolished them. The Cowboys beat them up pretty good. 
they, they had a backdoor cover the second time they played against the Cowboys, but they were down, I think, you know, 14 or 15 going into the final drive. Seahawks, when their offense was humming, got them by 13. And then the Lions, who's a totally different team with a good offense right now, they beat them up in East Rutherford. I could really just see this being one of those games where while Minnesota's defense isn't good, their offense is just so much better than the Giants. Now, if you guys want to look at this from a different angle, that's perfectly reasonable. But you can't dispute the fact that Minnesota's biggest weakness offensively is shooting themselves in the foot and then forcing themselves to do what they did last Saturday. With Cousins, he's better than Daniel Jones. I'm not saying Dan- uh, Cousins is great. Jefferson, much better than Darius Slayton. The- Slayton, Isaiah Hodges, and Richie James are your one, two, three receivers in this game. Meanwhile, it's Thielen, it's Hawkinson, it's Jefferson, it's K.J. Osborne who's looked very good, and you have Dalvin Cook. Of course, you have Barkley on the other side, but it's a great offense. And while I think this could have some shootout vibes, I, I still look at this and go, Giants defense stinks too. It's not just a Vikings defense that is bad. They should be able to have their way with them. Now it's just, are the Vikings going to Viking or not? Yeah, and I think uh, the first half is uh, the direct example, Exhibit A, of what Vikings Vikinging yep. would would look like. And then, look, I think the second half that the Vikings had last weekend is the type of half that kind of changes the trajectory of a team. I- I'm not a big like sports psychology guy, but like the ability to show yourself that you can score 35 points and a half, and, and then come back from behind, that your defense can hold a team scoreless like that can actually it's like the old seeing one go in in basketball once you see yourself do it it seems very capable the next time so i actually think there's a chance this minnesota defense starts to figure things out going forward but look the stats don't lie they are 32nd dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receiver core so they still have definitive holes in that defense now the giants look equally bad they are 30th in PFF's team defensive grade. They are 27th in that same adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers and tight ends. That sounds very, very bad when you have Justin Jefferson and a suddenly emerging KJ Osborne and a just incredibly effective TJ Hawkinson since he's come over and even Adam Thielen. I think this game has huge shootout potential. Uh, You said it has some shootout vibes. I think it has a ton of shootout vibes. These defenses are bad. And these offenses, at least at times, have shown real firepower, especially on the Minnesota side. I really like Barkley, really like Cook. And look, Jefferson's a, Jefferson is a, a viable 30 to 35 point guy every single week he plays. I, I think the only spot we differ is I think the Giants offense utterly stinks. And you're saying that they have some real potential. I think Minnesota's defensive metrics look a little better than they did a few weeks ago, but there are still some glaring holes to the point where, look, there's a reason Matt Ryan and company or what the ghost of Matt Ryan and company without Jonathan Taylor were able to have the first half against this Minnesota defense. Good for their adjustments, but look, from a talent perspective, they are lacking compared to other teams, bottom line. Yeah, fair. The... Like I said, I think this could be shootout in the sense that I still think Minnesota gets like a 10-point win here is what I'm saying. But the line doesn't say that. So, I I mean, you're more in line with Vegas than I am on this one. So I could be completely wrong. Uh, But I I do know the Giants, when they face bad offenses, they're always, you know, kind of hyper-competitive. 
Darius Slayton, I still think is a good play. I, I actually like Slayton at his price point, to be honest. Like, I think Slayton's a nice play in this game. No problems with him. But probably where you and I differ is I still don't have much interest in stacking. I still really don't have much interest in stacking the the um the, the Giants. And let's also let's also call a spade a spade here. Didn't the didn't the Colts have two defensive touchdowns in the first half? And that's true. Defense, that's true. Yeah, didn't their defense they, set the offense up in 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 favorable field position multiple times when they didn't score. They if I they did have multiple scores for sure, but I also think the offense was uh, look looking pretty solid. If I don't if I'm recalling correctly, I've watched so much football over the last two weeks. But uh, you know, Deion Jackson and the other running backs with Taylor out still playing decently. But look, uh, Minnesota's defense. We don't really have to argue about how bad they are we just know that they're below average with the capability of being better and the giants offense just may not be good enough to capitalize on a mediocre defense hodgins is popping in the tools as some in chat are saying slayton is okay and i think the other part of this is that you have no weather concerns in that dome in minnesota you have the shootout potential that vegas is pointing to with the high total the second highest of the slate and that makes for decent value options when you're just looking for a player who is ahead of salary-based expectations. I'm not excited to play the Giants' uh, passing attack, but look, in their t- in the top stacks, rule, top, top stacks tool, they are second in our rating score, which means combining probability and ownership, they look like one of the best stacks on the slate. Yeah. Maybe I just have to end up being wrong on this one. I want pieces of the Giants. I prefer not to stack them. I would rather stack Gardner Minshew with the Eagles before I would stack the Giants. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think I think that's very fair because I think Minshew is going to come out aggressive. I think Minshew is the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I mean that in a very good it way. It could be. You don't yeah. want him starting a whole season, but when he, get, you know, but when he gets the opportunity, we'll get to that game. That'll be a fun one to talk about. And Matt, I don't blame, I, I think... Essentially, we're saying the same thing. I'm just a little bit, I'm just more inclined to go away from the stack and more towards individual pieces. And if I do stack, it might be Daniel Jones, Slayton, and then a run back because Daniel Jones gets there with his legs. I don't see him getting there simply with his arm. The truth is, I don't believe he's done that once all season. So yes, Minnesota's defense is bad, but is this the one time in now, what, 15 games or whatever, that Daniel Jones gets there with just his arm, I would say probably not. Probably Tra- not. Uh, he's had Has he two- had any 300-yard passing games this this year? I'm trying to see. 
he has one. But and it was a great game, but he also had 50 rushing and a touchdown on the ground because he had 300 passing yards and one touchdown with two interceptions. Yeah, he has, he has one. And then he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games with less than 200 yards. I think, I think a five to 10% chance of 300 yards passing is just if you're just thinking about it from a pure math perspective in this kind of a slate with so many bad weather concerns, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, that actually does sound kind of appealing. But again, we're talking about a five to 10% probability, 90 to 95% of the time, this is a player that doesn't hit from a hit pay dirt from a DFS perspective. Yeah, fair. Adam Baum, other Eagle stack will end up costing way more because those wide receivers are overpriced. Yeah, but dude, they got Dallas Goddard back. So he's not that expensive and he's pretty decent. So that could that could help a little bit if you're not trying to go AJ and Devonta Smith. I'm not saying you got to stack the Eagles. It's not my favorite stack, but Minshew's just so cheap. Uh, can I ask you a question that I asked Neil and Ben the other day? We're not at that game yet, but I'm since we're talking about it. Let's say here's a fun thought experiment. Let's say that Gardner Minshew was the starter all year, okay, with these weapons. So with Goddard, with Brown, with Devontae Smith, with this, you know, number one, arguably best offensive line in the league, uh, and Miles Sanders in the backfield as well, and the same defense, right? So same, same thing, same weapons. How much would he be priced? Um, he would be... I think he would be under Dak Prescott, who's 6,100. So I'm going to say he would be at at 56, right above Brock Purdy. Okay, Ben said 59. I said 6K. I think with these, I think with these weapons, he would he would get enough done each week to be in the similar price tier as like, I mean, Deshaun Watson's 6K. Yeah, I think if you do this like the the most similar uh, situation for him is kind of Brock Purdy, a low, low draft pick, kind of unproven. I guess he is a little more proven than Purdy since he had that 2020 season where he played a whole lot, really quality offensive line, very talented skill position players, really solid coaching staff and offensive scheme. What does that equal about 55 exactly. to six K? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 56, maybe a little higher around that range. Let's let's get to um well it'd be interesting. Like if Brock Purdy continues to have these games, he might be higher. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Uh, and and Ray said Hurts is terribly underrated. This is not an indictment on Hurts, man, at all. I I love Jalen Hurts. It's just showering praise upon an offense and a scheme that works really well, is all. It'd be interesting to see how it works this week without a rushing quarterback. Anyway, um, the Minnesota side, I don't even think we need to dig too deep here. Jefferson's a great play. I like Dalvin Cook in this spot as well. Love the the long receiving touchdown last week. That was massive. Uh, Hawkinson, but what about K.J. Osborne? So K.J. Osborne just looks like he's going to be more involved going forward. And, and that's great. We saw Cousins and him, if you saw the media afterwards, like giving high praise to Osborne for stepping up. And look, we're talking about a player who's been above a 63% snap share the last three weeks, ran 80% of routes last week. If you have 16 targets in a game, uh, you have my attention. 
I don't think that's going to happen again. But this is only five weeks after having an 11 target game. Clearly, they look to Osborne if there's any sort of injury. They look for him to for big plays on the other side when defenses are fading towards Jefferson. And, you know, I don't expect 157 yards and a touchdown again, but I do think that we clearly have 100-yard potential for a new player here. And, and an offense in Minnesota that, while the shootout potential remains, they used to be one of the more consolidated passing offenses in the league. But outside of Jefferson, you now have a couple of darts to throw, not just one with Thielen. Is K.J. Osborne, after last week, are you anointing him as the wide receiver too? Or are you looking at this as maybe a once every four or five games where he sees elevated target share? It kind of makes me feel like Thielen is banged up. Like yeah. he can't be the wide receiver too right now. And, and he has been pretty ineffective over the last few weeks. I mean, he ends up in the end zone, but he only has three catches last week in that big comeback effort. But he had eight targets the week before. If you're going to get eight targets two red zone targets in this offense, especially against a Giants defense that's bottom five and adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. You have my attention again. We just can't deny that Jefferson's a target monster. Osborne has now come on. And TJ Hawkinson is deserving of his top five salary ranking as well because the expected fantasy points, the opportunity value looks good as well. If Osborne really does stay around 5%, then I'll... I'll definitely have some interest here. I, mean, I don't think he will. The, these ownership projections will certainly be updated to be more representative of what, like, I, I don't think Marquise Goodwin is 8.8%. Matt, I, I, there's not a lot of value on this slate. Yeah. Look, hey, and someone's saying Phelan just sucks this year. I, I just want to pause here because last year he played in 13 games. This year he's played 14 so far. So it's a really good time to like just stop and look at the stats because it's very similar in terms of the actual amount of usage. 95 targets in 2021, again, in 13 games. He's got 95 targets this year. On those 95 targets, he caught 67 last year. He's caught 66 this year. He's averaged 10.8 yards per reception last year, 10.4 this year. Within 15 air yards of last year, he's caught five less touchdowns. That's why Thielen sucks. Exactly. Exactly. That Thielen is, yeah, he's a, he's super touchdown dependent. When you're playing alongside Justin Jefferson, you need to score touchdowns because it's not all going to be there through the air. I can assure you that he's the wide receiver 27 this year. Yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. Wide receiver 27. Jefferson's the wide receiver one. Not a huge surprise. Anything else for Minnesota you want to get to? I We mentioned Dalvin right off the top, but I, I think Cook is healthy, looked great in that second half. It's going to be popular, but I still think he's playable. Um, again, with just so many weather concerns, and it's just kind of nice to lean back on the known floor of either Cook or Barkley, especially when you're talking about uh, small field or cash games. Okay. Dalvin Cook's ownership is where right now? 20%. Running back. Damn. I thought he'd be lower than that with the, with the amount of love that McCaffrey and Henry were getting. Wow. We have the four highest priced running backs at, well, no, that's not including Nick Chubb, right? So four of the five highest priced running backs at 20 plus percent. Yo. It's an old school week. 
in that way. Well, let me let me pose the question to you then. If that's the case, and Nick Chubb is really three percent owned. Oh boy. I think we ultimately see some recalibration. I think I was looking at the ownership this morning, and I do think we see the McCaffrey's, Henry's, and Barkley's tamper down a little bit, tamp down a little bit. Nick Chubb boosted up a little bit, assuming he continues to lean towards playing. But Dalvin Cook sitting there at at that same 7,200 salary, again, with no concerns about weather, it just feels, especially when you're talking about cash games, building out what might be the optimal lineup, it just feels like there's a very high floor there. Yeah. I think you're right, but I don't think I think you're wrong about Henry. I think his ownership just keeps going up. (laughs) If you just want to, like, put all your money on Derrick Henry with a backup quarterback, just annihilating the Houston defense, I am not going to tell you no. We'll get to that. I got some fun stats for you. I got some real fun stuff once we get to that game. Uh, but first, we got to talk about Cincy and New England. And, and I try and remind you guys each week that if, if you're, if we've had a lot of questions like, where's the Hall of Fame segment? We moved it, but it's every day. It's in between Live Before Lock and Deeper. Do you have the graphic, Tyler, that you can put up for that? It's in between the Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock, whether that's basketball, right? Like right after the Deeper Dive ends, Live Before Lock comes up. Uh, right in between those, you still got thousands of people watching. Uh, at the same time, actually, that's that's our highest viewer is what, like right in, at the end of the deeper dive going in the live before lock for football, basketball. You want to get involved. You want to get your free uh, month of Stochastic Plus Platinum when you hit a win. Some people just want to get inducted and have us brag for them and, and be able to show off some big wins. Whatever you're whatever you want to do or both. All you got to do is go to Stochastic.com slash avatar. Download the profile picture. Tweet your wins at Stochastic Hall of Fame, Stochastic HOF. Include us in it, too, because we love seeing that stuff. And win a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Get inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll do it. I record it every week. Jordan Klein's in there with me. We go through it. We record it every week. All your winners up there. Get the free months. Give out some stuff. Induct everyone. Uh, You can see it right here, Tyler, putting some of those up on the screen. But I say this, too, Matt. If you're someone going, man, I I haven't gotten that big win yet, I – if I had these tools, I might be able to, right? Like if I had the tools, I might be able to get this to happen. What if I told you that you can get the tools for no more than $10 by going to BetMGM, depositing 10 bucks with the link and betting any $10 on any game you want. And after that game settles, you got two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, $240 value. And if your bet loses, no matter how much it is up to $1,000, you get that money back in free bets. What if I said that? So you're saying that you just sign up, make one money line bet, and then I could make like the biggest underdog bet. And doesn't if it doesn't even have I'm to waiting. be money line. No, because you don't have it can be any bet. It can be anything. It can be just any not, bet. It just has to settle. Just not an odds boost. Like you can't get cute with it. It can be a prop, okay. it can be a side, anything. Total. Yeah. That's sick. And talk about paying for itself. You know, all you need is $10 to make this happen. Uh, what, you know, you add on the risk-free aspect of it on the BetMGM side and then the free tools. You're talking about how you could be like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars richer from that one $10 bet to start things off at BetMGM. Yeah, all the tools, every sport, not just football, all of our tools, projections, ownership, top stack, boom bust, brand new lineup generator for basketball and football, all of our data, everything. value. Oh, and our premium Discord as well. You're in there. Two calendar months. 
take 10 bucks. If you haven't signed up at BetMGM, go over to BetMGM, click the link in the description or the one in chat, sign up, follow the steps. It takes a minute, minute, 90 seconds. Take that 10 bucks, put it on, say the, the Lions or whatever you want. Because if it loses, you get the money back in free bets because it's two free months and a risk-free. It's awesome. So, hey, get yourself on the Hall of Fame. You want to get the tools, make life a little easier? They're free over at BetMGM. All right. It really is an insane deal, not even just like trying to hype it up. It is. What it's up? awesome. Yeah. What, who do we got up next? We got, who do we have? Cincy, New England, yeah? Yeah, Cincy, New England. Do you like this game? Look, New England's defense is strong and they're good enough to slow down Joe Burrow and company. I love this team, man. Uh, Joe Burrow is turning into one of my favorite quarterbacks. This team hasn't lost since week eight. And I think they have a potential to, to crush here. I don't think New England is as strong as their record implies. At seven and seven, they are currently third in the in this super tough AFC East. But I just think right now that this Cincinnati team is on a different trajectory. It just really comes down to the Cincy defense. Of course, you can play Chase or Higgins or Burrow. Can this New England defense stop them and make them uh, unviable? Right now, our top sack probability has Cincy as fourth best on the slate. Damn. I'm a little worried about this New England defense. I still think they're very, very good. But Burrow I mean, is stats so will good. back you up there. Yeah, Burrow's so good too. I don't know. Maybe this is one of those. Like, I don't know if I want to pay for. Like, Ramadre Stevenson's great. Since his defense is pretty good too, though, does Damian Harris get involved if he comes back? The passing game there is is weak. I guess I'm just having a tougher time than you are with this game, Matt. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm right. Just saying I'm having a, a relatively tough time with this game, figuring out how I want to tackle it. I think Chase is clearly a contrarian high, sal high salary play, but he is a great pay up to be contrarian play sure, because you sure. know that the 30 point potential is there. New England is an excellent defense, no doubt, but they're seventh, not first by a mile in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing receiving cores. They're third in football outsiders DDOA, but 14th, just middle of the pack in yards allowed per pass attempt. So while the 30-point potential or 35-point potential from one of these wide receivers in Cincinnati is lowered, there's still a ceiling game there. And when you're talking about a player as talented as Chase, only getting like 10 to 12% expected ownership, that has my attention. On the other side, it's really just Ramondre Stevenson. You know, uh, we got to talk about Jacoby Myers and that play he made. But outside of Stevenson, I think everybody on the New England side is a really low probability play. Uh, I just don't. I just don't believe in Mac Jones in this passing offense right now. Neither do I. I think we can talk Houston and Tennessee here. You broke that game down pretty nicely. Yeah, I was just looking at the top stack probability. 13th for New England. Their rating is okay, but I think it's Cincy offense, and you fade them if you just think the New England defense covers it up, and then on the other side, Stevenson or bust. Okay. Makes sense to me. It does. With, with Houston and Tennessee, it's a 35.5-point total. Like I said, it could be the coldest game they've played uh, at home, but I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about that. They, 
Tennessee came into Green Bay at Lambeau, very cold weather, usually, you know, very advantageous for the for Aaron Rodgers and company. And they they handled the the Packers in a in a real cold game on was it like Sunday or Monday night? I'm not I'm not terribly concerned about that. Also, people talking about, you know, is Malik Willis, is that going to take away from Derrick Henry? The great thing about this, believe it or not, friends, is that we have a pretty good example of what happens. And by pretty good example, what have I told you that earlier in the season when Ryan Tannehill missed a couple games and Malik Willis started, one of those games just so happened to be against the Houston Texans, right? How about that? And Here Derrick we go. Henry went for 219 rushing yards on 32 attempts with two touchdowns. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. In his last five games against the Houston Texans, he has almost 1,000 yards. Now wrap your mind around that. He has 978 rushing yards in his last five games against the Houston Texans, of which in four of them, he has gone for 200 plus rushing yards. You cannot make this up. It really is one of the weirdest, wildest stats that you'll see about any player to rack up almost a thousand, 22 yards shy of a thousand in five matchups against the team. I can't believe what you're saying. Dude, I know. Players go a full season trying to crack a thousand yards a lot of times. This is five games. Look, Derrick Henry, we talked about, like, it's one of the longest running jokes in in DFS and NFL DFS that Derrick Henry in December is just impossible to stop. And look, you you need a 25, 26-point game from him to consider him a value play at that high salary, but you don't need 35, and you could legitimately get it. Houston is 27th once again in adjusted fantasy points allowed. I'm feeling the same way as you. You broke it down perfectly that Malik Willis might counterintuitive, counterintuitively open up different holes, more holes in the defense for this Tennessee offense. Not that this Tennessee offensive line is a world beater anymore. Go against Derrick Henry at your own risk. Pretty That's much really what it comes down to. Yeah, that nicely put. You know what else, though? Uh, I know it's Malik Willis. So the one, the one thing I don't like about this is that with Dontra Hilliard on the IR, we were actually seeing nice pass catching production from Derrick Henry in our in the premium odd shop or uh, odd shop or Discord. We smashed over 15 and a half receiving yards for Henry last week because why would you not? Mm-hmm. Th- that is the one thing that sucks. Like he had one combined target in those two games that Willis started. I and with 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 Tannehill in there, he is he, he legitimately without Hilliard has been like a four or five target per game player. That that's unfortunate. Like if Tannehill was in, I'd be, I'd like Henry even more because you'd probably still have the upside for four or five receptions. And Henry breaks off some big catch and runs, by the way. Right. But I don't know how much. Like, I, it's not gonna, it's not gonna have me low enough on Derrick Henry to not want to jam him into a lot of lineups here. It's it's that simple. Plus, I, I can't go to any. I can't go to Okonkwo. I can't go to Traylon Burks, who's back at practice full time. I'm really not sure we can target anyone in the passing game. I'll just say that I'm happy to see Burks back at practice. It was a scary injury. He looked like a really good, really good start to his career. And then uh, we've talked about it, caught that touchdown. Good to see him. Can't really expect anything from this passing attack with the way Willis has looked. He's another one where I'd like to see it turn around and, and see him more of a dual threat rather than just a rushing threat. But we've even had games where Willis like 
chose not to run and just simply was ineffective. So it's really, really tough to choose anybody from the Tennessee side. Kind of the same with Houston, too. At least we got Nico Collins possibly back. I'm not sure if I want I don't think he anybody. will be. I think Cooks will be, though. Cooks is off the injury report. Is, isn't we, Collins still not practicing? I th- oh, man. I thought I saw that he was a, a limited participant, but maybe I'm mixing him up with Cooks. Cooks is too expensive nonetheless, though. He's still yeah. inside the top 20 in terms of salary ranking. We can barely get him inside the top 40 in our projections. That's That tells you what kind of low probability play he is this week. If you think there is a run back option that you need, Cooks, I guess, is it. <laughs> maybe like Jordan Aikens at the bottom of the tight end pool. Yeah, yeah. But maybe just maybe just say no. Yeah, maybe Jordan Aikens. It's it's not fun. If if Cooks is in, then it's like, how do you play pay an elevated price point for Chris Moore? If Cooks and Nico were out, I think you could look to Chris Moore. We'll play this one by ear, I think, Matt. Yeah. Ugh. But I don't want to outside pay. of Henry, you could just fade the whole game if you want to, I think. It's possible. I don't want to play Chris Moore if, if Cooks is in. And that's not because I think Cooks is going to be, you know, ripping off 150 yards. It's just Chris Moore's price is he's priced to be the number one without Cooks and Nico Collins. When you start going, okay, now I have to pay almost 5K for Chris Moore as they get Cooks back, that's a little concerning to me. Yeah, that's exactly how I, I see it as well. If the salaries were like 2K lower, we'd be telling a different story. Definitely, It's not impossible for them to go off. But the way, <laughs> if you want to just make one a one-sentence note for this game, Henry or bust. Washington at San Francisco, 37 and a half point total. I don't, I'm not really sure how I get to anything from Washington. It is a fierce defense, a suffocating defense. I, I don't think there are enough... I don't really think there are enough superlatives to to heap upon San Francisco and you could keep going on this defense and, and you wouldn't be exaggerating anything. That's, that's how good this defense is. I really think Washington has a miserable time trying to move the football 40 combined sacks. This line is allowed between Wentz and Taylor Heineke. You have Bosa in the, in, in the back there. You have a great secondary, a great run defense, a pretty good pass rush with one of the best pass rushers in the league. I, I'm okay with just saying I'll find other teams, you know, lower total teams to get to than the Washington Commanders, who on this week have an implied total of what? It's probably like 16, 15 uh, yeah, and a half. 15 and a half. <laughs> do, do you disagree? Not one bit. No one, if you look at opportunity value, the expected fantasy points per game of every single Washington player, no one even hits. 13 fantasy points it, just in an expected value and as you might expect they're perf- the ones that are up there Heineke and even McLaurin as good as he is as a player they're performing below expectation if you just look at the opportunity and the fantasy points that you would expect them to have with this two-headed backfield it gets tough as well it's kind of interesting from a large field perspective if you want to take a real shot in the dark because they're going to be under 2% owned. They might end up being under 1% owned, Gibson and Robinson. But the fact that there's two of them makes them nearly impossible to play against this elite defensive line. On the other hand, Christian McCaffrey on the other side has 17 and even more expected fantasy points per game by himself. Uh, And he's got a great matchup if you look at adjusted fantasy points allowed. 
Look, McCaffrey is deserving of that high ownership. I personally would take Henry over McCaffrey this weekend, but if you wanted to argue the other way, I, I get it for sure. With McCaffrey and then the pass catching options here, how do you approach this team just as a whole? Like McCaffrey's very popular right now. I think rightfully so. And I don't think it's going to be impossible to have some some Henry McCaffrey lineups either. I think anytime you look at a player who's 8,800 and their median projection when we run our simulations actually looks like it's going to hit those salary-based expectations. And then you look at the optimal lineup percentages in our boom bust tools, which will shift once we get to Saturday. He's showing up in optimals. We're talking more than a third of the time. He's just a, he's just a badass play. I think Henry is in a better spot for tournaments personally because Washington has been quietly pretty good on the defensive line, seventh in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, but we know that they're going to use McCaffrey creatively. They know they're still hurting because of the lack of Debo Samuel. He's one of the safest plays on the slate, and I'm really not concerned about his ceiling with Purdy versus any other quarterback back there. They're in a great scheme. It's just, it's just slightly below Henry. That's all I can say for myself. All right. Anything in the passing game? If not, we don't have to. We don't have to reach here if there's nothing you like. Kittle is at or below salary-based expectation, but we saw the ceiling performance. We saw the thing we needed to see with Purdy. And look, there are a couple of plays in there where you can give Kyle Shanahan all the credit you want. Wide open. Yeah, like they're just creating situ- in the open field. George Kittle might be the best tight end in football. Like that's the player I want I think he is. getting yards after the catch as, as unbelievable, uh, you know, from a full scope of what he can do in a game, Travis Kelsey might be number one right now, but Kittle in the open field is terrifying. And if they can keep finding that you can keep going back to him at 5,300 Jennings and Ayuk, they feel tougher for me. Let's put a bow on this one. Fun game to close it out. So all 300 of you watching with us, we saved one of the best for last just from an overall um how interesting this game is uh, before we do the prize picks is doing 12 days of christmas matt which means you get to unwrap a new promo every single day and from what steven Leibowitz has been telling me in chat at prize picks because he's playing there every day that these promos are pretty good but i'll tell you a better promo free month of stochastic plus platinum and up to a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus when you use the link in the description over at prize picks not bad not bad boom it's great it is That's wild awesome. that we it is crazy we have this many like this many ways to to get access to our tools uh and check them out for like a month or two months prize picks is sick though you're not just going over to some shitty site and being like oh all right fine i'll deposit just to get the free month you actually it's actually a good site that's why it's blowing up that's why you're seeing them expand because people are playing there because they like being able especially in non-legal betting states to say hey i can I can I can use this in in lieu of 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 a, a, a sports book. You know, right. you're just building lineups with with player props, overs or unders, and they have a million of them for any sport. You can mix all the sports in the one lineup. It's sick. Uh, and if you hit now, they, it was if you hit five of five, you can ten x. Now, if you hit six of six in a lineup, you twenty five x. But you can also sustain a bankroll because like if you hit four of five, you still two x. You still make money back on three of five. That's not the case with a typical parlay on any other book. Like you just lose if you hit four or five or five or six. Not yeah. to mention the fact that there's no juice. You don't have to worry about, you know, 
it's minus this or plus that. So if you're just getting into the game and you're and you're just kind of trying to deal with things from a simple probability standpoint, it can be a great way into into this world. It's the same stats and tools that you're used to over on the DFS side. Just an awesome site. Come check out all our tools for free. Use the link in the description. Tyler just threw it in the chat. Simple. Same with BetMGM. The cool thing is, like, if BetMGM is legal to you in your state, Prize Picks probably isn't. And if Prize Picks is, BetMGM isn't. So you're getting one or the other. Uh, great opportunity. Hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. Free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, including our Discord uh, and all of our tools that can help you for Prize Picks as well. Check it out. Links down there. We'll see you over there. Let's wrap it up, man. Philly, Dallas. Eagles, Garner Minshew, $4,800. Say what you want. He's a good value, though. He's a good value. And if you're looking to stack him, you have Goddard, you have A.J. Brown, you have Devonta Smith. We don't know who he's going to favor, probably A.J. Brown. But the one key to beating the Dallas Cowboys and the producing points against them, I say it every time, is being able to negate that Micah Parsons-led pass rush. Mm -hmm. And they did it enough the one week. I, I think Dallas still had four sacks, but they certainly did it enough. Uh, the last two weeks, the Dallas Cowboys have one sack total. And we saw Houston, right, almost beat them. We saw the Jags take them to overtime with that comeback effort and win in overtime, albeit some crazy plays and, and say what you want. But still, if they're not getting to the quarterback and the Eagles have num the number one ranked pass blocking line in the league, Minshew might not be accurate, but he should still have some – he should still – the opportunities will be there for him to make plays to good players behind a good offensive line. I like it. I'll go back to Miles Sanders here. I don't hate Dallas Goddard, assuming he's a full go. The Eagles are not a team that I'm backing away from just because Jalen Hurts is out. I think that's totally right. And I think that in this, this Philly team is 26th in pass plays per game. That might rise a little bit with the fact that Minshew doesn't run as much or as effectively as Hurts. Now, Minshew's going to take off a little bit, but I think you're right. I, I think he's got a great set of pass catchers. We've seen top five potential from Minshew at the quarterback position uh, in terms of fantasy scoring in a one-week sample before he had these types of weapons. This is clearly the best offense he's played within. When you have players like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and as you mentioned earlier in the show, Dallas Goddard back in the fold, you've got 25-point potential at the quarterback position. Now, here's the big question. Does he have 30-point potential against this adjust, uh, Dallas team who's third in adjusted fantasy points allowed? They're still really strong defensively if you look at the full season but you mentioned it they're getting a little bit less pressure up front right now they're dealing with injuries particularly at the linebacking core Gardner Minshew's inside our top 12 quarterbacks this week and he's quarterback 21 in salary ranking that tells you all you need to know about the value he, he has in stack probability the Eagles kind of look okay not great but I'm not telling you to stay away from Minshew Brown or Minshew Smith whatsoever does he have 30 points here I don't know but 25 at this price point, given what it opens up in the rest of your lineup at that salary, might be enough. Totally agree. Totally agree. If you get 25, you feel good. If you get 27 or 8, you, feel you are rolling. Yeah. yeah. If you get 30, dude, yeah, in a stack, you're feeling off. Or I, I honestly don't think it's insane, though, to go, you know what, maybe I don't want to stack this game. I'll go back to Miles Sanders after a bad week, uh, going to suppress his ownership considerably he, he like he's single digit ownership right now maybe they say hey we have an offensive line that can run against anybody 
right? Mm -hmm. I know that the dual threat from Hertz not being in the offense could change things a little bit, but I'm just trying to think of any different way they can do things, right? Because they scheme this offense well. You should see some of the plays they ran last week. Like fake the quarterback sneak, everyone goes, and Hertz just walks to the outside to walk in the end zone. They, they draw up some really smart plays. Uh, I, I think Miles Sanders is interesting. And let me throw one more wrinkle into this for you. What if Miles Sanders is actually slightly more involved as a pass catcher because you have a pocket quarterback now? That makes total sense to me. This is something that the boss man, Alex Baker, talks about a lot. When you have quarterback turnover, we often see a slight bump to running back or tight end targets. Remember, got it coming back as well. And look, the Cowboys pass defense is legit. Like we're kind of burying the lead there. They, they've been very good. Football Outsiders has them number one in pass DVOA. Yeah, they're third in yards per attempt. But I think the 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 way that this Eagles offense succeeds is exactly that. Just a lot of gimme plays, some easy wins, so you can set up the big play potential for Brown and Smith. And remember, guys, they have a ton to play for. If they can lock up a win here, they get that number one seed and they can chill on everybody for almost yeah. a month. Uh, yeah. That's a big deal when you got a quarterback shoulder hurting. And from a fantasy perspective, Minshew's going to sling it. What about Dallas backfield? Man, so Pollard's getting tough. Pollard's getting tough to play. Because you need 21 to 23 points to really feel good about him at 7K. Zeke has been effective. He's scoring 1.5 fantasy points over expected per game. But listen to this number. Over the last six weeks, Pollard is at seven fantasy points over expected per game. So he is scoring a touchdown more than his opportunity value He's really good. He's just really hard to trust when you've got a strong Philly defensive line and Zeke still in the fold, especially when he, when we get to the goal line there for Dallas, it's, and even the Dallas in passing attack and our top stacks tool, they're looking like a top five stack, which makes Pollard really, really tough uh, to get to. Uh, the ownership is high as well. I almost prefer Zeke over Pollard this week. If I'm going down in price, I don't, I don't love either of them, but, do you not try to exploit the Philly pass def or run defense? Does, does Zeke have 18 carries and, and, and all the goal line carries? I, I don't love him, but I, I don't think he's I, – I'm not ignoring Ezekiel Elliott either. He's not a top option of mine, but he's 5% ownership right now. I think you could do worse. How do you approach the pass catchers here? I, I kind of like Schultz, but CeeDee Lamb at that price point, going up against, you know, probably some combination of – of Darius Slay, uh, uh, Dar well, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, depending on where you're lining up, they're, they're getting, they don't have CJ Garner Johnson. He's on the IR, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> they got Avante Maddox back as their slot corner. Do you like the passing game for Dallas? I think they look unignorable in our tools, but when I started to break down this week, they were not one that I was immediately led to. I think when you factor in all of the things we need to for the slate, such bad weather in so many different spots, and you consider the fact that this is not only the third highest total game, but also has no weather concerns in Dallas, and the quality of both offenses, suddenly the passing attack is starting to look decent. I think Schultz is a fine play. I'll even go back to CeeDee Lamb if he's going to be just you know 13 or 14% own his uh, Optimal lineup percentages in the boom bust tool look right there with those expectations. Uh, 
Outside of that, though, Gallup has been hyper disappointing over the last few weeks. Noah Brown, I guess his projections ahead of salary-based expectation, but we're talking about maybe a top 30 play, not a top 10 play. Brown actually in large field tournaments, we're just needing like 11 or 12 will feel really good for 3x value and under 6% ownership. I think I might take some shots there in the largest of large fields. All right, let's wrap it with this. And you guys are the best. We're five likes away from 100. We will get there easily because there are certainly five of you out here during the holiday season that feel like being nice with those uh, with those thumbs up, giving them out. So favorite stack of the week is what? And feel free to add some context to this. It can be layered. It doesn't just have to be in a vacuum. Like favorite stack of the week in a large field tournament. Favorite stack of the week, large field tournament. I think it might be one of these Minnesota Vikings with that shootout potential. You could go so many different ways. Obviously cousins Jefferson. I think we've seen these big passing plays from Dalvin cook. And now you've got Osborne Hawkinson and Thielen to add on or include in that stack to differentiate yourself. They're number one in our top stacks rating tool right now. I think that's where I'm going. I like that. I'll go. I like Minnesota, of course. I, I kind of want to throw Seattle in there just as one that that opens some things up for us as well. I think it'll be pretty popular, but Seattle's a good one this week. And then there's a lot of just straight stay away spots from a stacking standpoint because of this crazy weather. Absolutely. Uh, and this is where I think the stochastic tools may do it better than anybody else because not only are we breaking down these game environments, we're showing you one score to help align what these stacks and all these stats can help you with and look this rating score which is out of 100 has almost half the teams at 34 out of 100 or below basically just cross them off your list hey matt if i don't see you merry christmas man you too bud all the best to you and the family and you guys in chat you guys are the absolute best you are i appreciate you guys you'll be seeing my face a couple times before the end of the week um are you doing any uh Christmas Eve or Christmas Day content? Yeah, I'll be there Christmas Day, noon Eastern time. Wishing you all merry, a all merry right. time. Uh, we're doing the 12 to 1 live before lock with Kajeski. All right. Shout out to Tyler Zander for producing this long haul of a show. This is a fun one. It's, it's a different slate, no doubt. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. You'll see me, but if you don't, Merry Christmas. And we'll be back live before lock tonight. Well, Jags Jets action in the monsoon-like rain out there in East Rutherford. See you soon. <laughs> Peace. See ya. It's going to be bad rain. Apparently they're calling for up to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.